You're listening to The Bunker New York, live on Red Bull Radio. Hello, you're listening to The Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio. I'm your host, Brian Kasnick, here in the studio live in New York today with two of my label artists, Jason Loveland and Rao. Uh, Loveland's going to do the first hour and Rao's going to do the second. And um, yeah, we're going to do a little catching up with Jason right now since it's been it's been a minute, right? You were on the show. Yeah, it was uh, two, over two a year. year. It was, I think it's two, two years ago because yeah. I've done L.A. twice and it was the first time I did L.A. Um, that was fun. Yeah, that was really, that was really fun. Great. That with spot Juan. was really cool. And Juan, Juan was beating it. Yeah, it when great. Silent Servant didn't know you were Jason Loveland. That was yeah, yeah. He's like, what? <laughs> He's like, what are you doing here? Yeah, I'm hanging out, I'm hanging out Juan. <laughs> um, so, so what have you been up to since then? You've done, you've done some moving around between cities? Yeah, I've been, uh, been going through some, a lot of uh, life changes, things like that. Um, I've been, uh, I left L.A., uh, almost a year ago, and then I was in Berlin for a little while, and then I came to New York, although like I spent some time in Chicago and Maine. Uh, I was working on a project there. Eating lobster rolls, I hope. Eating lobster rolls and drinking, you know, homebrew and stuff. Uh, but uh, yeah, and then I, I landed in, in, in New York. So yeah. I've been in the city for the last like seven months or something. Right. And you were in, wait, was Berlin a part of that seven months or that? No, was, that was like, that I was, was in Berlin for like two months, month and a half, two months before that. So okay. I, I bounced right from Berlin here. And your plan is currently to go to get out of New York and back to Berlin? I mean, I'd, I'd like to, I'd certainly like to. Uh, I, I mean, I need to have kind of my own kind of come to Jesus moment about like, where am I going to stay? Like, and then if like, do I really want to do New York for real? And then like really do up like a nice place in Brooklyn or something, or try to try to find a nice place in Brooklyn. Like not like, right. I just like get one for being me. Yeah. Because um, you, you found employment in your, your non-techno In my non-techno job. world, I have, I have a legit job. <laughs> <laughs> in New York. In New York. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a professional entity. Uh, but, uh, it's, it's, and, and that's been great. That's been great. Uh, I, I really enjoy it. So, but, uh, I mean, I just like the vibe of Berlin. I mean, there could be like almost no parties there and I would still want to be there just because yeah. just it's, it's like the one, one of the few cities that's an international city that isn't completely consumed by capitalism. Yeah. Like there's still like some holdouts from like, you know, the wall era. There's holdouts and there's still, as like a major city, there's still a lot of room in that city, it feels, feels to me. Like the population density is totally, it's so different than other it's big cities strange. I'm used to where you can you can go out drinking at a bar and leave at 1 or 2 a.m. and walk like 15, 20 minutes home and maybe not see a human. It's really yeah, strange or to me. depending on what neighborhood you're in, or it's just rammed in like 3 in the morning. Yeah. It, it's just, it's just I, I don't fully understand it. I haven't spent like enough time there to like get the ebb and flow, but... It's it's much more it's much more dynamic I think yeah as opposed to just like I mean dynamic is I mean in terms of like hot and cold as opposed to like New York is just like always hot it's just yeah. always going 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 well everybody's um, I talk about this a lot how everybody in the it's 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 not 
it's you, you can't really have an easy life in New York in a way. Like everybody has to work so hard on what you can yeah, be working yeah. really hard on what you're really passionate about, but nobody. It's really hard to slack here and just chill for I even like, a, for like even to, a day to take like a day. I like off. to slack and chill. Yeah, <laughs> I'm super into slack it's and the chilling. Loveland, the Loveland lifestyle. It's the Loveland lifestyle. Um, <laughs> you know, I have to carve time out to like get cosmic and stuff. So yeah. Um, so I think the last time you were on the show, we talked about your, like your work process and your really high, like super high output of material, which I think at the time, I don't, I don't know if anything, any of it had been officially released yet. At no, the time. no. Uh, when I did the show, it was just a couple things on deck. I think like, I didn't even know if I could, have, if I was able to say I was doing the IT record, the interdimensional transmissions record. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, in the interim, like, you know, yeah, I did the, the interdimensional transmissions record, the acid series record. I did one for acid camp in Los Angeles. Uh, I have the track on your comp. Yeah. The bunker, then, bunker compilation that came out in yeah, January and which is a sick comp. Um, and then, uh, I did a track on a, a little comp for the black lodge. Oh, right, right. Guys. You gave me that one. Yeah. 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 That was like a, it's a raw machine jam. Right. So it sounds like so far, the material you released it's all like us based labels acid camp the bunker new york interdimensional transmissions right is this is that deliberate like you're trying to keep things stateside or is it just a matter of who you know and working with homies or or yeah, what's the story i mean it, it, it is it is actually intentional and it's not for some sort of like make techno american again kind of right like you know like no man we started this you know kind of thing but just i actually think that uh I mean, at least the Jason Loveland project, the other projects like Chip Curtis and The Limit and some of these other D Dan G, uh, uh, some of these other pro projects are like less tied to like a specific time and place. But the Jason Loveland project is about being a raver growing up in the 90s and like misremembering grooves. And then trying to recreate those misremembered grooves right. in the studio. Because I don't, I don't know if we've ever gone back on the radio past your time in LA, but you, you have like a long, you've a uh, history, long history of Midwest raving, correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I started, you know, back in high school in the '90s. Um, you know, I went to like, I was like pretty faithful about going to the drop bass parties further and, and f further and uh did you party in cornfields oh yeah <laughs> passed out in cornfields yeah. uh no i mean it, you know i mean that's but that's also how i know like so many people that are kind of like synonymous with that era like derek was like right like derek was dating a friend of mine and like i've known derek for like 20 years now He's a he's a Midwest like straight up legendary. Yeah, status. yeah. I mean, I was there when he was at Further, and he smashed his copy of Sandwiches over his head because he was sick of playing it. Because everyone he was like, that. "Derek, please sandwiches, please sandwiches." He's like, "Fuck this." Yeah, I think he. I think it. I can't remember the exact story. We'll have to ask Derek about it. But I feel like he had one of the only copies, and Hotton took his copy or something. So it's, something it's possible like he was breaking it so that Hotton couldn't play it anymore. It's, too. it's entirely He's... possible that he was just like poisoning the well. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, that was, that was crazy. And I mean, I have like Derek, Derek has always been my kind of like raving North star. Like he was the first, like the first time I heard like Beaumont Plage, the Isolé song was at this rave. I was like up all day. Like I had taken some hallucinogenic substances 
and then was just like you know bipping around and then my friends were like we're going to this rave later on and so i was like okay who's playing and they're like derek i was like awesome and then like he he played that track and i just remember like at the time you know most techno because that was like what like 97 or something like when did that come out 98 like most techno was like sounds about right pretty like that was obviously like right before techno went like totally minimal yeah no it was it was definitely it was it was like in the the minimal era but it was it was 2000 february okay so so, all right so later than i thought but it so like techno is firmly going minimal and then there's this like lush track that comes in and you're just like what yeah that was crazy oh you're right the the original version was 98 on playhouse okay this that one's been wow it's been repressed a lot (laughs) yeah i mean i'm I'm sure that was the one derek played yeah 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 um so um who who is chip curtis so chip curtis chip curtis is a is a is an alter ego um who's a kind of a rabble rouser um but uh it's a it's a project that i started that's uh centered around like kind of like chicago vibes and like relief records okay kind of stuff so like like rough beats and then like you know, you know, synths and stuff like that, like totally, you know, something like, you know, obviously like Green Velvet or somebody would. Yeah, would there do. were a lot of really super classic or like tracks. You know, like you know some of the like the Paul Johnson ones and like I mean those are I mean it's just everything on that label was like classic. Yeah. Um, so. So and I heard uh, you're saying Chip Curtis visited New York recently and had some kind of yeah, crazy yeah, crazy Curtis experience. Vis- yeah, 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 yeah. Chip Curtis visited New York and had a pretty pretty wild experience at a a lovely club in Brooklyn <laughs> uh, where he proceeded to overdose himself with LSD uh, and wandered the streets of Ridgewood all night with no shoes on. What happened to the shoes is a mystery. They're still missing. They're still missing. Uh, so if anyone sees a pair of black Nike slip-ons, those are probably chips. <laughs> But uh, it was, you know, all's well that ends well, and uh, it was, it was, uh, you know, I, you know, we had a powwow afterwards, and you know, he thought it was an enlightening experience, and uh, you know, you know, when that when that happens, like you gain a lot of empathy and insight towards people in different situations, and you know, he had to seek shelter under some astroturf for a while, and uh, took a nap in the dirt, and uh, eventually, <laughs> eventually found his way back to the club to get his bank card. And to get an Uber because <laughs> his phone was dead. Uh, but uh, you know, I mean, it was it was good. I mean, you know, God bless Ridgewood for being so welcoming. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow, that's quite a story. Um, so, who is the limit? So, the limit is is another alter ego. That's the limit is really uh, is just about like just rave energy. So okay. it's all it's all and it's about like raw rave energy. So it's kind of like. I kind of like I've always thought of it as like uh it's definitely like my like unhinged rave bangers project. Okay. And that's still chip and the limit are still still underground. Still, still so- firmly in sound, the SoundCloud only, sometimes for a limited time only. Yeah, yeah. I'll, like I've noticed a lot of things show up on the Loveland SoundCloud, but they don't they don't always stay up. Yeah, and I, I do that on purpose because I just like I, I really like SoundCloud. Like I think that was one of the things we were talking about earlier is like social media and it's like yeah there's no i don't do a lot of social media hype stuff like i mean obviously like i posted on my instagram but like uh 
I'm just not super interested in it. Uh, like I, I prefer to like let people discover my music like at parties or at the record store, because that's just how I found out. I, I mean, it's kind of like yeah, I grew. I want up, people I up to find my shit the way that I found other people's shit because I find I personally think that that's super satisfying. Like it's it's one thing to have your friend be like, "Yo, check out this record," but then it's the other thing to like dig and find it yourself and you know see see something on the wall yeah. and be like wow that cover is cool yeah. you know i'm gonna buy it because like yeah it's got a cool graphic yeah i've talked about this a lot on the show with a lot of people how i mean i'm 40 years old and when i was growing up and discovering music it was i mean it was just what i could find at the record stores that was it there was yeah. there was no other way to there was no way online for me to hear music it was either a friend played it for me or i found a record and yeah, a lot of the records I was buying at Jerry's in Pittsburgh, and there was no listening station. And mm -hmm. It was just like, okay, Kraftwerk. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, I this heard is this cool. Was cool. I should yeah. I should buy this. I guess four bucks. Yeah, I mean, I think like from in in you know, and, I, and I'm not trying to be like yeah, the good old days, like you know, fuck the internet, you know, kind of. Yeah, I'm not trying to perp like that, but like, I think there was something to be said about the kind of like lateral moves that were possible when you just dig for records. And you you something you like the cover of a record and you just buy it yeah like you have no clue what's inside but like the cover was cool or it was just happened to all of us a million times somebody was digging and then put their stash in with the wrong stuff and then so you find this like pocket of like really right. ill stuff like in the wrong section or i would always be in the listening stations in techno shops listening to other people's rejects yeah it'd be like find great it'd be like oh if people aren't if, if they don't like it i probably it's a good chance i will yeah and i know and now i have so many friends you know and that you know basically do everything on youtube yeah because like youtube is so deep and Look, I'm not knocking YouTube at all. Like, as a matter of fact, like, I was listening to YouTube last night with a friend, and YouTube came up with this, like, killer playlist. Yeah. I mean, it was, like, a killer <laughs> playlist of, like... Well, once you get in the good zone and you listen, to, you listen to a few jams in a row, YouTube's kind of like, oh, it's like that. All but right. there were no... But the thing is, is there were no curveballs. Right. It was all, like, pretty... They were, like, pretty safe bets that I would, you know, like this Robert Hood remix. Like, yeah, obviously... <laughs> I like the Dave Clark, uh, you know, like the put your lighter in the air, you know, like that remix. Like, you know, that's obviously an awesome song and I'm going to like it. Uh, so. So you you basically stay off. You you have your SoundCloud, which I think is kind of the purest for musicians, the well, purest social media because it's I think just so because you're you, just putting your sound out there. And, and you have to you have to you have to be a little more thoughtful about it. Like you can, I, you know, I could be like a third rate SoundCloud rapper or something like that. And maybe I am to some people, so you know. That's, no, a, that's another project. No diss, no diss to to the third rate SoundCloud rappers, but like you have to be. It's not just like Instagram where you just like take a picture, post it, and it's done. Like you have to like work on a track. You have to be thoughtful. You have to have an idea. Yeah. And so like, it's it's more honest. Like if you're approaching your music honestly, it's like the most honest form of social media. Yeah. Even from from the bunker's perspective, for sure, I kind of held out on SoundCloud for a while, but now I think we have more followers there than anywhere else, and it feels like the best thing to me. Versus, yeah, posting yeah, an yeah. image on Instagram or check out this new record on Facebook. It's just like here's the clips, here's a here's a radio show, here's a podcast. Like this is what we this is what we actually do yeah. with no real, well, you know, and, and I feel hype like, or words. Even yeah. I mean, you can put words, but most people don't even pay attention but to it's, that. The the words are just like little bits. Yeah. But I think it's also like, I think 
you know, you know, for me, and I don't know if this is true, this is just like my hunch, but like a like on SoundCloud is worth like 50 Insta likes. Right. <laughs> you know, because like, because it's, it's music and people identify themselves with music so closely as opposed to just like an image of your breakfast. Yeah. Like I can like that and it's cool. It's not that I don't like it, but if I like a track, that's like, ooh, that speaks to me. Yeah. Or something like that. It's like a thing you, it's a really pure thing you made. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we should also, I think we've kind of covered some of this, but any, I know for sure for upcoming things to shout out, we can shout out your remix on the Clay Wilson EP. Yeah, yeah. It's out tomorrow on the bunker and both of you. And yeah, yeah, tomorrow's the official release date. Yeah, I'm Um, excited for that. So people can check that out on our SoundCloud, actually, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and other forms of social media, but let's just stick to SoundCloud for now. The clips are up there and actually on the bunker SoundCloud, your entire track is up and has been for a while Mm because RA debuted that. Um, I know of some other things, but I'm not all sure what, you know, how, how close you're playing your cards to your chest here, what you want to mention. Any any other gigs or records or remixes or anything yeah, you want to mention? Um, let's see. Oh. Let's see. I mean, uh, I, uh, I, did, uh, I did a record. Uh, Patrick Russell and I did a record together uh, when he was in L.A. We got a studio. Uh, a good friend of mine has, like, the ki- most killer techno-oriented production studio, like, I've ever seen. Like, it was, like some Raiders of the Lost Ark shit. Right. Um, and uh, and he let us get in there for a couple days and just use the studio. Uh, so we have a record, and that's going to be part of the Acid series. That's going to close out the Acid series for Interdimensional. Um, so that'll be out sometime in the next decade? No, no. I mean, they, they, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, that's, that the whole delay has been kind of sorted. Okay. So, uh, so you know, that should hopefully be out. Uh, I know there's two. There's two new. The there's yeah. There's two more Acid series. The Derek Puz, like oh, we were talking about earlier, and BMG record, right? And there's another. Uh, no, remember. the D- Derek, Derek and BMG and Jordan Zoidas right are out. Okay. Yeah, they're out. But I, I, I guess the 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 goal for them and for the, this Clay remix record for all of us we were all aiming to have records out kind of right before detroit so sure. people, people can buy them in tangent at the merch booth the merch booth will be popping yeah for anybody going to detroit for movement i'm sure you know about the after parties happening at tangent if not uh check them out on the interdimensional transmissions website but we're gonna have i just shipped all my all my merch which is just like very few remaining t-shirts and sweatshirts the remaining copies i'm already almost out of the clay remix on colored wax and the wada garashi and the antennas and i'm sure it always has a bunch of great stuff up their sleeves so that's going to be the merch booth will very much be popping this year yeah i'm looking forward to that for sure um can we mention the berlin gig or is that still under no, wraps i just i i want to keep it under wraps i i have i have two gigs in october okay um and they're both like I'll just say like one's in Detroit and one's in Berlin. Okay. Uh, and those so, are good places so to play. So if you're in October, if you're in uh, either one of those places, you'll be able to to catch me doing my thing live. Cool. Um, and then uh, we might throw a curveball for the one in Detroit. I'm not sure. So. Right. That should be cool. All right. Well, it looks like it's almost 4:20 here. So uh, we should with that we spark should, it up. Yeah, probably spark it up and get into the mix. Um, so you're, you said you were gonna you're gonna start yeah. with one release track. Yeah, and I'm then... gonna start with the B side, the B2, the 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 forgotten B2 off my interdimensional record. 
and then I'm gonna just play for as long as you want me to uh, unreleased uh, like stuff. Some of this stuff might be coming out, some of it might not. Uh, and then I'm gonna play I'm gonna play Jason Loveland, Chip Curtis, and Limit tracks. Okay, great. Yeah, you have till the top of the hour, so yeah, great. it's exactly 4:20. Let's uh, we're gonna get into the mix here with Jason Loveland. You're listening to the Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio. Red Bull Radio.
listening to Red Bull Radio. Hello, you're listening to The Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio. I'm your host, Brian Kasnick, and that was a pretty fire DJ mix from Jason Loveland of all his own productions, vast majority of them completely unreleased, world premiered. So thank you, Jason, for that. That was incredible. And now we're joined by Rao for the next hour. Welcome. Hello. Um, so your debut production was on the 15 Years of the Bunker compilation, right? That was your yep. first, the first release. Uh, and that track was called Anita and um, has been really well received, honestly, like mentioned in a lot of the reviews and people telling me how much they love that particular track. So maybe if you could just tell us a little bit of the the story of that track and how you made it and who is Anita and <laughs> what's going on here. Um, yeah, so Anita is actually this really amazing person that I met when I was wandering through India for a little while. Uh, I was with this group of people called the Walk of Hope, walking from the southern tip to the northern tip. And Anita was like kind of the black sheep of the group. <laughs> She's very outspoken and really inspiring to me. Um, and so I would sometimes just record our conversations because I thought she was amazing. And uh, so I, yeah, kind of just, I wanted to sample something and kind of pay homage to her. And uh, that's where it kind of started. And I used a lot of samples that I recorded in India too of other like textural stuff and built it around that. Yeah. So to back up a little, you walked from the southern tip to the northern tip of India? <laughs> that was the plan. Um, That's went, a really, really long way. <laughs> I know. I tried. Uh, it was supposed to be a year and a half, but I ended up uh, getting sick quite a bit seven months in, and then I would like leave, and I went to Berlin a little bit, and then uh, I tried to go back and do it again, and then I got sick again. So I was just like, you know, I think uh, my time's just kind of up. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> seven months of hiking is... A pretty good effort, I would yeah, say. Yeah, it was pretty incredible. It was just like six and a half hours of the day. You just walk and then you stop and meet the local people and, uh, you know, talk with them, eat with them, get to hear a lot of local music and meditate together. Um, yeah, wow. it's a pretty big undertaking. I yeah, guess. That, sound, that sounds like an amazing experience. So when, when did you make it to New York? I came back, I think, uh, when I left India, I thought I was going to start over in Berlin um, and then I just realized I wanted to be back in New York and there was a lot of, you know, structure I'd created here. Um, and so I came back, I think in 2016. Okay. So that's probably around Maybe. the time I met you, I guess. You were yeah, working actually. when you were working at Juno and working <laughs> yeah. at Transpicos when, when I, I, I came you. in with Ninos du Brazil. Yeah. Yeah. And then I came to see that show afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I know you were, you were working as a sound engineer at the time. You still are. Was that, is that is that why you were in New York or like your main interest or just a side job or? No, I mean, that's why I came back because previously I'd been working more on like the business side of music and I always knew I wanted to be on the tech side and was always working towards that. And it seemed kind of impossible to, well, not impossible, but what I think I accomplished here in a year and a half would have taken me like five to six years in Berlin, you know, to start over from the ground up, uh, and so that was my main kind of drive coming back was just to make that shift and uh, be doing that full time. Yeah. Did you study sound engineering or just kind of learn by doing? Mainly learn by doing. I mean, I studied music business <clears throat> and studio art in uh, university. And then I would take all the classes that I could in the tech department and then just sort of 
Yeah, learned by doing. <laughs> right, because when I met you, you were doing sound at Transpicos. It sounds like more like super DIY venues, and you've kind of moved up to like bigger venues, bigger, bigger shows. Yeah, I'd say like my main uh, turning point was really working with uh, Marshall and like underground systems and sort of getting uh, a lot of the background that way. So like really putting in the work, literally carrying subwoofers upstairs. (laughs) moving subs upstairs and (laughs) on a boat. (laughs) Um, And when was the DJing and music production in the picture before you were doing sound engineering or does that come after? Yeah, it was. It was kind of funny. Uh, I mean, I always wanted to make music and had music in my life, but then like when I was in college, I decided that I couldn't be an artist for some reason. And I was like, oh, well, I'll just do the business side and that'll be how I fulfill that. And then halfway through, I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, I started making stuff and uh, I was working more as a vocalist with my friends that were producers and then just making stuff that I thought was just for fun for me. And then uh, I realized how serious I was about it. So just kind of dove dove in and I'd been working on stuff, uh, yeah, basically since then or all the time and then uh, it became more of a reality for me in the past few years I'd say. Yeah so what what effect has being like being on the heavy tech side of doing sound engineering at clubs had on your DJing and music productions? Um I mean I think it's all for the best but there's certain things that uh, are hard to escape now you know in terms of like before I like to just mix a bunch of ridiculous stuff together and now I'm so uh you know aware of like oh I can't really play that track because it can't the system can't really support it or you know like there's a lot of intricacies where now uh I feel like things have changed for me a little bit by knowing more uh and yeah I think it's good in the long run but it was interesting to see it develop that way I think it's good in the long run I wish that (laughs) I wish that most DJs had some experience behind the board yeah. and know what that was like because it's it's I know as you you definitely know it's like incredible how these really really high profile DJs sometimes still have like something as simple as keeping their levels out of the red oh my God. like it's it's <laughs> it's almost unbelievable yeah. um well we were talking about hauling subwoofers upstairs for Marshall mm-hmm. and that's that's where you met Clay correct we mentioned yes, this the with, on the show with Clay. the last show with Clay um so how did your like collaborations in the studio and you guys have a live project together. Um, how did how did that all come about? Um, so yeah, we met doing sound, and then uh, we had sort of talked about making music together and passed ideas back and forth. And then um, I was asked to do the remix for the EP, and our live project sort of started because uh, our friend Ria had been asking me to do a live set, and I was like, no, I need some more time. And then uh, I played her the remix, and she was like, no, you know what? You guys just need to do this live set. You just need to make me something. And I was like, all right. And so we started working on the live set kind of based around that. And um, yeah, that was really exciting. And then from there, it sort of just kind of took off and we were getting booked more to do that. And now it's kind of a focus. Yeah, I found with a bunch, many, most of the Bunker artists, this is kind of how things work. Everybody talks about putting together a live set or making a record or something, but it's not until there's an actual concrete deadline ahead of you that people realize like oh i actually i can create a live set in a couple weeks if i if i have to there's like (laughs) kind of a gun to my head and i'm about to perform in front of a bunch of people and all of a sudden all this creativity comes out yeah um so i guess that kind of leads into my next question of what what role maybe the bunker like other 
artists and resident DJs and just kind of the bunker community at large has played in your development in the last couple years in New York as an artist? Yeah, I mean, I was, so I was gone when you actually started the label side of things, and I feel like I missed a bit of that era. But it was really um, exciting coming back and sort of falling into this community of people um, and uh, getting new inspiration, you know, like seeing people like Erica play this like really meditative, like cohesive zone and uh, Patrick Russell, like I really admire his work and feel really just in alignment with a lot of the music that's ever- that everyone's making. And it... it felt really beautiful to start to connect with people yeah. through that again coming back yeah it felt really natural to kind of have you become a part of the family like you fit right in really quickly it was really nice to see um also wanted your feelings on just i was kind of going over the gigs and everything you've played so far just in the past year or something and it's pretty crazy the way you've just been like you've been pushed into the spotlight in a way in New York, like in a really extreme, fast way. <laughs> Not like ye- necessarily like years of toiling away at Bossa or something. Like you, you, you uh, like just in the last year, you've opened for Dem Dykstra and Tim Hecker. You played the 15 years of the Bunker Party in New York with Paranoid London and Servito and Jane Fitz. You've played Unter. You've played Grayscale with Function and Lady Starlight. You played the big Yeji rave, like. I'm just curious your thoughts on that, like if, it, if the pressure has helped or if it feels uncomfortable or what like... Um, I mean, this is going to sound really cheesy, but I feel very driven to do this in this lifetime and I just feel really lucky and supported. Like, at least right now, I feel like whatever energy I put into it, I'm sort of getting back tenfold and I can't fully explain it. A lot of it is just like really strange things aligning, like me getting hired at Output and, you know, then getting this gig and then like things just like meeting people and things kind of feeling really organic and I feel really lucky. Um, And I don't, I mean, as long as I'm keeping it genuine, then I'm happy and I haven't really felt um, an insane amount of pressure because I'm just trying to be honest with everything that I'm doing and I do feel supported and uh, Yeah, it's been pretty amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think that really comes through in a lot of people who, like, it doesn't make sense for them to be, have that spotlight or trying really hard and very frustrated that it's not happening. But if you, I don't know, life just kind of flows in the right way if you let it. Um, It can, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Any activities outside of music? Like, what what do you do to maintain your sanity when you're not, not working on music, not, you know, at the club behind the board? Um, I mean, my spiritual life is really important to me. I do um, a lot of healing work and meditation. And that's something that I'm also trying to sort of mesh with my creative output. um, Because I do this healing practice called Reiki. um, And, you know, I have clients that come to me for that. And it's it's an energy healing practice. And I feel like I'm trying to find a way to sort of merge the two whether it's actually moving in a new sonic direction well not necessarily new but new to others or um just bringing those meditations into my actual creative time or how i can do that um and so those are the main things cooking meditating uh yeah yeah Yeah, we all have to have (laughs) trying to work on myself yeah we all have to have something in new york yeah um So before we get into the mix, let's shout out some upcoming projects you have. As mentioned earlier in the show, 
because Jason Loveland has a remix as well. You've got a remix on Clay Wilson's EP out tomorrow on the Ooh. bunker. Yeah. And the mysteries one is out tomorrow as well. I think right? it's also tomorrow. Uh, I think it is. I think Grant said it was. Anyways, if it's not tomorrow, it's coming. Soon. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a Clay and Raoul remix coming of Will Selman on Mysteries of the Deep very soon. Um, you're appearing at Interdimensional Transmissions presents 15 Years of the Bunker in Detroit on Memorial Day, playing live with Clay in the Come Down Room. Very excited for. Yeah, that. which we're all not completely sure what that means yet, but we're gonna. This, <laughs> we figured on, out on what Memorial okay. Yeah, on Memorial Day, we're gonna define what a Come Down Room is. <laughs> um, any other upcoming gigs or releases that you wanna wanna mention before we get into the mix here? Uh, I'm excited about some stuff coming up, but I don't know if I can actually mention yeah. anything. Yeah, right now. a lot of it. That's usually <laughs> that, that's usually how that question goes. Yeah. There's things coming. Okay, so we've got looks like about 48 minutes left here. We're gonna get into. You're gonna play us a DJ set. Let's do it. Okay, so we're gonna get into the mix with Rao here. You're listening to the Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio.
Hello, you're listening to The Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio. We've been in the mix with Rao. Really great. Thank you. Um, and first half of the show, we have Jason Loveland. Uh, we'll be back all next week, Monday through Friday in Detroit. We're doing a daily show from 7 to 8, which will be followed by Interdimensional Transmissions every day from 8 to 9. So check that out. Uh, we're doing a party this Saturday in Brooklyn, for those of you here, with Marco Shuttle playing for eight hours. And then a whole series of parties in Detroit at Tangent Gallery next weekend. Details on all that at interdimensionaltransmissions.com. Doing No Way Back on Sunday, Trezor on Saturday, and then the 15 years of the Bunker Detroit celebration on Monday. So lots of excitement for those of you headed to Detroit for Memorial Day weekend. Thanks a lot for tuning in. You've been listening to The Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio. Thank <laughs> you.